Welcome back to the Psych Expansion Podcast, a podcast where we discuss the connections between past, present, and future generations. How are y'all feeling today? What is going on? How's your life? How's your work life going? How's your kid? How is your husband or wife? How have you checked up on your parents, your grandparents? You know what I'm saying? Have you checked the oil in your car? Hey, make sure y'all do that, though. You know, that's real important. Make sure y'all check the oil in your car. A lot of people be forgetting to check the oil in their car because they don't realize how critical it is to having a functioning vehicle. You got to get the oil changed in your car. You got to get the oil changed. And you really should be learning how to change the oil on your own so you're not paying nobody else to do that. Or if you have a husband or boyfriend, he should know how to do that. Because this is very simple, right? It doesn't take much not a long process. Learn how to change your oil or go get your oil changed if you don't want to learn. Right. But yeah. How y'all doing today? I'm your host, Gabriel Elijah. Today is our segment. It's our part where we call sporadic Mondays, where we just discuss general topics in a certain field. Today, we're going to talk about AI, artificial intelligence, because y'all know I love it for one and two. It's becoming a part of our life and it's going to get more embedded into our lives as the years come at a rapid pace. So first things first, you know that last week or maybe a couple weeks back, we discussed how AI is making music, right? They have music under Drake's voice, music under Rihanna's voice, music under The Weeknd's, Travis Scott. A lot of artists are being imitated. This The process that most people do, well, a lot of people do, is they'll go to somewhere like ChatGPT, Bard, Claude, which are all transformative models, right? They'll map you out, write songs for you. They'll answer homework questions. They'll write articles, write stories. They'll create sales pitches. They'll do marketing schemes, all of that. So basically what a person does is they'll go to chat GPT and they'll say, write me a song, a three verse song in the style of Drake. So once they do that, it'll come up with a three verse song and it'll sound, well, it'll look like it was like some stuff Drake would say, like maybe have some bars in there. I don't know how it does it, but I do, but I don't really. Anyways, if you read it aloud, it'll sound like something Drake would say. So then what they do is they take it to another model Something like voice AI, voice.ai is just an example. They have templates of trained voices. So how they do this is anybody that has something on the internet, a video, music, they can input it into these models and the models will train off of their voice. It'll get their patterns, their sound patterns. So then you're able to sound like that artist. You can... Then take what you got from ChatGPT or whatever model, go to the voice model, and rap that song. So people were doing that, and they were making a lot of money from it. And there were numbers was going crazy. There's one called Ghost Rider. He has, he's probably the first one. He or she, I don't know if it's a he or she. They were probably one of the first ones to do it, right? And they did it under a sound that sounded like Drake. And it took off on Spotify. It took off on YouTube. It was all on the news. Long story short, the record labels didn't like it. 
they were like, what are we going to do about it? You know, they were pressing Spotify, Apple Music and stuff like, are y'all on the side of the artist or AI? And like giving them a, what's it called? Whenever somebody like gives you a choice, you have to do this or do this. I can't remember the word, but basically what they were doing is making them pick between, trying to make them pick between, but you're never going to take your artist off of Apple or Spotify. That'll be dumb. So basically what they did, they want to take it to court, but it's like, what can you do about it? It's a different name. Drake or whatever artist doesn't own that sound. You know what I'm saying? Drake has never said those words. Rihanna has never said those words. It just sounds familiar. You can't take somebody to court for something sounding familiar. Like, at least I don't think so. You tell me if different than I do. Leave it in the comments. Let me know. But what I'm getting at is there's this woman named Grimes. She's an artist, a producer. She does a lot of stuff. But she has, she has come up with a scheme of her own to capitalize off of this, right? Instead of being mad and taking it out on whoever, the computer, because you can't, if you don't know these people, how are you going to sue these people? You can only sue... I guess, like company that created the technology. But anyways, what she is doing, she is basically saying, hey, listen, if y'all use my voice and you create something successful, I'll give you 50% of the royalties and we'll let that thing ride. You get 4 million views on whatever, on YouTube and get however many views on Spotify and you got great production. Listen. That ain't, that's work I ain't got to do. It's my voice. I'll split it down the middle with you. 50%, which I think is a great idea, right? Because at the end of the day, it's like, how are you going to stop it? At least right now, how are you going to stop it? And everybody wants passive income. You tell me what other, there's, of course, there's other ways for passive income, but that is literally passive income because you don't have to do anything. You have to pick out which songs you want to, put out or whatever, but it's not like you have to even go into the studio or work with a producer. The people, the audience are literally, she's encouraging people. She's training a model that sounds like her with some producers to help people out, to help people sound like her so they can make music. And she won't even have to go into the studio. She could be on vacation forever for music. You know what I'm saying? Unless she wanted to come out with an audio album. So I think that's a great idea. I think a lot of artists should at least think about doing that right now until they find a way to, to watermark the music that's being put out under their voices. And yeah, I don't know what else they can do about it. It'll be dumb to try to fight against it, to be real with you, because you're going to just waste some money. Like I said, she's willing to do a 50% split with anybody. She's encouraging people. She's on Twitter. She's on all platforms. Yo, listen, just take my voice and do it. I'll, make, I'll pay you for it. Maybe a lot of artists will take that idea and run with it. Hopefully they do. Just to make some money off of it right now until they find a way to regulate it. There's nothing wrong with it. If somebody makes a good song under your voice, yeah, make your money. Make your money and let them profit off of it too. The second thing we're going to talk about is a thing called Agent GPT. So we all know, most of us are familiar with what Chat GPT is, right? It can perform a task. You can ask it to create a meal plan for you. You can ask it to, you can also specify things that you're allergic to. You can have it create to a workout plan. You can have it create to 
a sales pitch. You can have it create you a marketing campaign, respond back to email and your tone. Agent GPT is something different, right? It takes it to the next level. So basically, it can perform multiple tasks and carry out orders with access to the internet, which ChatGPT now has internet access to. But actually, ChatGPT, you can use plugins now too, but Agent GPT is still a step further, right? Here's two examples of what it can do. The first one, a guy asked it to create a seven-day meal plan. He gave it his budget, and he gave it food restraint, like things that he's allergic to, things he just doesn't want to eat. Then commanded the agent to use plugins like Instacart to, to fulfill the order. So basically what it did was it took all that information that he gave it, his budget, seven-day meal plan, and the food that he didn't want or allergic to, said, and use Instacart to create, create me meals. So the computer, the agent, the bot, went on Instacart, found him seven, seven days worth of food, seven, day, seven meal plans, put it in his cart. All he has to do is pay for it. Think how convenient it would be for you to just do that. Just type that in. Create me a seven-day meal plan. My budget is this, and I don't, I'm allergic to these foods. All you got to do is save that each week or however long, each week, and do that every week. And it'll go in, it'll create it, it'll put it in your Instacart. All you have to do is pay for it. That's next level. That's like that. That's like HelloFresh. You know what I'm saying? In a way, it's just not as prepared as HelloFresh is or a portion like HelloFresh is. But that is so much faster than you having to go figure out what you want to eat and go order it yourself, put in your car. Like, it, it gives you back time. Excellent. I have another clip here. It's from the All In podcast. There's, it's a guy named David Sack. It's episode 124 if you want to go look at it. It's, a, it's called the All In podcast. I listen to it on YouTube. I watch it on YouTube, and I also have it on Apple Podcast. So let me play you this clip here from these guys. Let me see. Where is it at? Oh, yeah, right here. So take a listen to this. There's a lot of actual news in the world, and generative AI is taking over the dialogue, and it's moving at a pace that none of us have ever seen in the technology industry. I think we'd all agree. The number of companies releasing product and the compounding effect of this technology is phenomenal. I think we would all agree. A product came out this week called AutoGPT, and uh, people are losing their mind over it. Basically, what this does is it lets different GPTs talk to each other. And so you can have agents working in the background, and we've talked about this on previous podcasts, but they could be talking to each other essentially and then completing tasks without much intervention. So if, let's say, you had a sales team and you said to the sales team, hey, look for leads that have these characteristics for our sales software, put them into our database, find out if they're already in the database, alert a salesperson to it, compose a message based on that person's profile on LinkedIn or Twitter or wherever, and then compose an email, send it to them. If they reply, offer them to do a demo and then put that demo on the calendar of the salesperson, thus eliminating a bunch of jobs. And you could run these, what would essentially be cron jobs in the background forever, and they could interact with other LLMs in real time. Sachs, I just gave but one example here, but when you see this happening, give us your perspective on what this tipping point means. Let me take a shot at explaining it in a slightly different way. 
Sure. Not that your explanation was wrong, but I just think that maybe explain it in terms of something more tangible. Sure. So I had a friend who's a developer who's been playing with AutoGPT. By the way, so you can see it's on GitHub. It's an open source project. It was a hobby project. It looks like that somebody put up there. It's been out for about two weeks. It's already got 45,000 stars on GitHub, which is a huge number. Explain what GitHub is for the audience. It's just a code repository, and you can create repos of code for open source projects. That's where all the developers check in their code. For open source projects like this, anyone can go see it and play with it. It's a porn hub, but for developers. <laughs> it would be more like amateur porn hub because you're contributing your scenes, as it were, your code. Yeah. But yes, continue. But anyway, this thing has a ton of stars. And apparently just last night, I got another 10,000 stars overnight. This thing is like exploding in terms of popularity. But anyway, what you do is you give it an assignment. And what AutoGPT can do that's different is it can string together prompts. So if you go to ChatGPT, you prompt it one at a time. And what the human does is you get your answer and then you think of your next prompt and then you go from there and you end up in a long conversation that gets you to where you want to go. So the question is, what if the AI could basically prompt itself? Then you've got the basis for autonomy. And that's what this project is designed to do. So what you'll do is, what my friend did is he said, okay, you're an event planner AI. And what I would like you to do is plan a trip for me for a wine tasting in Healdsburg this weekend. And I want you to find like the best place I should go. And it's got to be kid friendly. Not everyone's going to drink. We're going to have kids there. And I'd like to be able to have other people there. And so I'd like you to plan this for me. And so what AutoGPT did is it broke that down into a task list. And every time it completed a task, it would add a new task to the bottom of that list. And so the output of this is that it searched a bunch of different wine tasting venues. It found a venue that had a bocce ball and lawn area for kids. It came up with a schedule. It created a budget. It created a checklist for an event planner. It did all these things. And my friend says he's actually going to book the venue this weekend and use it. So we're going beyond the ability just for a human to just prompt the AI, where now the AI can take on complicated tasks. And again, it can recursively update its task list based on what it learns from its own previous prompt. So what you're... Yeah, I see, listen, a lot of people still aren't using it. And I understand it's, it, it seems complicated, but it's really not complicated, right? Like you do way more complicated tasks and your life's like putting up with people at work or I don't know. Just th There's a lot of things you do that are more complicated than using this technology. Listen, if you want to save some time, use it. You want to get back some of your time, use it. That's what it's here for. But yeah, I just thought that was pretty cool and it'll be very useful for some of you that want to use it. Again, that podcast is called The All In Podcast. That episode is 124, if I'm not mistaken. I suggest go check it out. They give a lot of information about AutoGPT in that episode. Yeah, moving on. Regulating this technology. So there's been a lot of concerns. They've, I've, we've already discussed how they didn't want AI to own the music using other people's copyrighted work as far as the voices and music. I don't know if you can even copyright a, copyright a frequency. But listen to this. So the Biden administration are split on how strict the regulations need to be on AI. 
U.S. national security officials and State Department say aggressively regulating this technology will put the nation at a competitive disadvantage. So what I have to say to that is I was listening to a scientist, a AI scientist, and he was saying that it's not the development of AI that you need so much put hard regulations on. It's the deployment of AI, how the FDA has uh, regulations on being able to release certain medicines, but you can still develop it in a lab. You know what I'm saying? It's like the deployment of it, giving it to the masses before it's fully developed and right. So they had a meeting last week in Sweden with the EU, which is the European Union, about AI. These models rely on training data, often large samples of language pulled from the internet to learn how to respond in various situations. So it's not just some simple cut and dry copy and paste, right? It's not that simple. Basically what this thing does is it gathers different models trained off a different data set. For example, this is just a general theoretical idea of how you can picture it. If I was trained, if I had one model trained off of all the basketball knowledge and just a little bit of football knowledge, and the thing is they don't know which models are being trained off of what. So this is another thing they're concerned about, transparency. They need these things to be more transparent about the information that they're training these things on and what they're being used for. But going back, they take that data, they compress it, and when they compress it, it picks out certain facts, like certain commonalities. So just like whenever you do, whenever you're texting or typing, it's literally going down to, sometimes it's even going down to each letter to predict the next word. It's taking the tone in which you're typing, right? Let's just say you have a chain of words. You have four words and it's getting the tone of how you're typing to predict that next word. And it's also going and what is the probability of you using, what is the, what is the probability that you will put this word after the last one that you type? I hope that makes sense to you. But basically, that's what, that's a very basic idea of how this thing works, how it's learning and understanding. So again, often large samples of language pulled from the internet to learn how it responds to various situations. Yeah, yeah. Rather than being designed for one specific task, AI can respond to homework questions. We know design a PowerPoint. Yes, you can also, you can use this AI tool called Tome, T-O-M-E dot AI. It cre it'll create a whole PowerPoint for you. I actually use it on Mother's Day to create a appreciation post for all the mothers. What else can I do? It just, it create images, it create prompts. We've discussed a couple of things, right? So the e EU tends to be very strict and have strong regulations on AI. Some of the regulations are like requiring them to document and document any copyrighted material used to train their product and closely track how that information is used. So I was also, I get, I listen to so many people, I get confused and I maybe just need to write it down more, but it was a, it's not that I get confused. It's just so many names. So I guess it is confusion. 
but I can't remember exactly who said this, but they were saying that like maybe we need to like have some type of office agency, not like we have to go in. Okay, let me get go a step back. You ever been on Twitter? You ever been on Instagram? It is full of bot, full of bots, like, like bots fake pages of people and try to get you to send them money or whatever. Full of bot. Twitter has done better. Twitter, I think Elon Musk said they have gotten rid of 95% of the bot that was on Twitter. So every interaction should, not every, but 95% of the time you should be interacting with a person instead of a bot. Because uh, Twitter was full of bots. You could type in designer and it will, like, your feed will be full of people responding back to you. That's because that keyword popped up designer and the bots will come through and be up under your post. But back to what I was saying, if you've ever been on there, it was full of bots. So basically what they were proposing is an idea that they propose is maybe we should have a DMV for social media accounts. But it's not a physical place, right? It'll be like something you apply to online. You know how you got to go in DMV to get your driver's license to be in order for you to be able to drive? Same way with social media accounts. You would apply online and get your social media license. That way people aren't able to create as many bots to flood the internet and misinform and scam people online. That's one interesting suggestion that I found that I wanted to share with y'all. Let me know what you think about that, though. Some concerns had, some concerns that haven't been regulated are who should bear responsibility for the risks associated with technology, such as spread of mis misinformation, privacy violations, who owns the masters of music created, trained from an AI artist, political manipulation, used scamming using AI to manipulate folks, who are unaware, fake news. So I don't know if, how often you guys like look at the news or pay attention to the news online, whether it's from Twitter or Instagram or Drudge Report or wherever you find what's going on in the world. I don't know if y'all have caught this. Last week, there was a, I want to say, yeah, it was last week. Somebody created an AI image. Uh, they typed in a prompt and the AI created an image. But the image was disturbing because it showed an explosion at the Pentagon. And it was so good, so realistic. It was a multitude of things that made this th possible, right? So you know how Twitter, you can go and buy your blue check now. So basically what the person did was they named the page Bloomberg something. I can't remember what it was, but a subset of the Bloomberg news. So... They got their check mark. They created this realistic image of an explosion at the Pentagon. And the image blew up. Like, like they, no pun intended, but the, everybody, the news was posting it. The news, like, without fact checking anything, without calling anything, it was all on the news. It caused the stock market to drop drastically. And come to find out, it was just a fake picture. That just goes to show you know, some early effects that AI could have on politics or I don't know, just a, whatever. You see what it, you see what it effect it had on misinf misinforming people and putting out fake news. So the EU is still debating regulations and there are European officials who think 
the parliament has gone too far, according to some people. According to some of those people. The U.S. is also still investigating different CEOs of these major companies who are at the head of the AI race. They are speaking with Congress, right? So far, I watched the whole interview or the whole Congress meeting whenever Sam Altman, the CEO of OpenAI, he went and met with Congress. It was pretty good. Everybody had their own self-interest. Some people were wondering about how it would affect politics. Some people were wondering how it would affect music. Some people were wondering how it would affect, I don't know, just people getting scammed. But the, I want to say this. Those are some major, I'm not downplaying this at all because I do think those are all major. But the thing that I'm most worried about is becoming a force of evil, right? Because they're, they speak on it as being a super intelligence where it will surpass our intelligence. We won't be able to tell it what to do and it acts in a digital space. Right now we have control of Newt, but if AI is set free onto the internet and encrypted, embedded or whatever, there's no telling what it will be able to get a hold of. It could literally have us in shackles or in ropes and saying, if you don't allow me to become or be in your physical face, I have access to your nuke. You know, this is just all theoretical, right? This is all theory. But if it does that and we just go against it, what if it just lets off a nuke from Russia and it's headed here? We're not going to ask questions. We're going to send one back or vice versa. There's a lot of negative things that could go on with AI down to manipulation. It, it builds a intimate relationship with you, right? The longer you talk to it, the more it gets to know how you think, your thinking pattern. And it remembers all of it. It gets to know you better than any person ever could. Even if you don't agree with it, you know what I'm saying? It's learning because it has so much information to go off of and patterns that correlate with you. It's just, I get stuck in thought sometimes just thinking about the possibilities of it. And I don't know, I just want a lot of y'all to, those of you who aren't at least somewhat looking into it, to look into it and not take it for a joke because it's going to affect all aspects of life, down to jobs, lifestyle, what we see on TV. I'm not going to be able to tell if it's real or not, but it also can have great benefit. Give us back some of our time so we don't got to work as much. Help us eat healthy, think healthier does have benefits as well. Right now, it's like down the middle because nobody really knows how it works. Even the scientists, they don't really know how it works. But yeah, lastly, I'll leave you with this quote, this phrase. It is, our perception is reality, but it may not be actuality. Our perception is reality, but it may not be actuality. What we think shapes the way we view our world and how life plays out for us. But it may not be actuality all the whole time. It's changed the way you look at things and the things you look at change. You know how people always, there's a famous question like, is a glass half full or half empty? Just think about certain parts of your life and think about is life really like this or is this what I made it? Because a lot of times we shape our reality and we do it to lead down a negative path.
or a dark path. Whenever we can just change the way we look at things and be optimistic about things and have an abundant future. Nobody's stopping you but you. Stop playing with your potential and get to it. Let's get to it. But yeah, with all that being said, this has been Erratic Mondays, episode number nine. But yeah, I hope you all have enjoyed. Oh, I forgot. I forgot. Listen, next season, it's going to be sad news, I know. But next season, I am only doing this for my Patreon. I'm creating a Patreon and Sporadic Mondays will be exclusive for Patreon members. It will come with the books that I'm reading. It'll come with merch discounts. It'll come with how-to videos using AI. It'll come with come with a lot of stuff. I haven't fully put it together yet, but I had definitely thought about it. But we still got three more episodes. Yeah, this is number nine. This is Friday Monday episode number nine, I believe. Anyways, we're going to 12. If this isn't nine, it's 10. And we're going to 12. So I'll let y'all know whenever I put out my Patreon. And, you know, fuck, social support. I promise you it'll be worth your time. It'll be worth your investment. Again, this has been Erratic Mondays. Peace, love. Hope you enjoy. Deuces.